Hello and welcome to Dice Punks, a tabletop role-playing podcast where we focus on playing full campaigns in less well-known systems. This week in episode 30, Lissa, Leorian, and Romnet enjoy the company in Laurentum as they attempt to unravel what's happening in the Vales and how to stop it. Hello and welcome. I'm Adam, your friendly neighborhood game master, and joining me are... Hi, I'm Drew, and I'll be playing Leorian Katar, uh, the Baron of... No- of uh, <laughs> I almost said of nothing. That would have been very presumptuous. Of tempo, actually. Uh, just, just happy to be along for the ride. Hi, I'm Robin, and I'm finally back to playing the familiarly fragmented Lissa Crate, Furious <laughs> Queen and Pawn of Darkness. <laughs> I'm Dez, and I will be playing Rumnet who is still, as far as these friends of mine know, just some guy. (laughs) Excellent. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, get our Romnet bonus XP roll uh, up here at the top, and then we'll have our recap of last time from Leorian. So that is pair of twos. That is sufficient. You may have yep. a bonus mortal XP. Um, let's go ahead and get our recap and get on our way. Take it away, Leorian. So the Furious Queen has a new power on her, it seems, and she investigated it, darkness, but in the process found new sources of boundless fury. She went to tell Romnet about it, didn't find him, left a message carved into his countertop, which I guess is just what you do in Fermata. Speaking of how things are done in Fermata, I woke up in a bed that was no more comfortable than it had been when I went to sleep, and the Furious Queen awoke on the roof. Romnet, meanwhile, still seems like a really great guy, uh, if a somewhat tough egg to crack. He apparently is the cause of a hundred eternal deaths, but to be clear, I do not know that. Actually, was that clear? Anyway, speaking of cracking good eggs, I think the Acolytes are really starting to like me, making some real progress there. We made our way through the gates of Fermata and route to Lurinton, but the gates dropped us off in the Great Sump, in the ruin of a city. We argued for a weirdly long time about how to cross a river, but we did cross it. I used my tempo abilities to speed the journey along, and as we approached Lurinton, we saw that the veils had turned to dunes and desert, which seems bad, probably. And then the Furious Queen changed? She got more companionable and less tentacular and then we met with her sister rowena and her husband urian they invited us to tea and lissa uh, the furious queen goes by lissa when she's in this state apparently she taught me the fine art of using our powers to create minor inconveniences for people who bother us we assured them that uh, we can do something about the dunes which may even be true and then rather than staying the night in that particularly tense situation we made our way to the honeydew inn where master Owain showed us to our rooms and that's where we rejoin you. Excellent summary. Um, before we jump right in, I guess I uh, meant to ask this beforehand, but uh, is anybody spending any experience this time? Not this Not episode. I today. Nope. No. All right. Well, then, 
Let's get right to it. You have settled into the two rooms that were prepared for you at the Honeydew Inn on the orders of Rowena and Urian. And uh, you've been sort of left to your own devices here as afternoon transitions into evening here in kind of an early spring in Lurenton. Finally free of Rowena's massive air quotes hospitality. What is it that you get up to? I'm going to sow chaos. <laughs> Wait a I really second. didn't need to ask, actually. Flipping pages rapidly. Didn't, didn't Mavia go back to sleep? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you intend to sow chaos? Um, I, uh, sensing that I am with a new nobilis, a singular in this case, because I realize that Lilisa still does not know Romnet's secret. I'm going to approach Leorian and ask who his anchors question mark are. Anchors. That's uh that's that's like that's a that's a term of art, I assume. Uh that's like a like a ship. Uh so I can essentially inhabit the mind of uh two people who are um in varying ways close to me. Uh, Rowena is one of them, as it turns out. Um, and then the other is my uh, my adopted father, uh, Varric. Uh, I don't know if you had the chance to meet him while in Vermont. I assume not. I hope not, actually, because I was, you know, my, not in my best state. Uh, I, I can assure you it, it, it didn't come up. Although, oh, the mayor did come by. I got to tell Romnet. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it, Sorry to interrupt. Just a quick um, point of clarity here. Where do we envision this conversation taking place? In one or the other of the rooms or like downstairs in like the common room with the bar? The common room with the bar. It's less. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, she made a beeline for the bar and has probably ordered a drink by this point. Certainly. <laughs> just wanted to make that clear for myself and our listeners. And uh, Ramnet, are you in evidence or have you refrained from going downstairs? Be in evidence. <laughs> I... I, I... Having been summoned, I will be in evidence. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, so I say what I said, but then I turn to Robin and I say, "Yeah, the mayor, the mayor came by. Um, guess we'll deal with that when we get back." The mayor came by. What? Uh, Avine uh, was her name, I believe. Uh, yes. Said uh, nothing of consequence to me, but but who am I, right? So wanted to see you about something. We had to do this first, I think. Any, any anyway. So anyway, anchors? Yeah, you're probably bound to someone if you just kind of... It happened, I think, by accident for Dolsk and I the first time, but if you just kind of close your eyes and then try to clear your mind and let yourself drift, you may find yourself occupying someone else's body. And it's make sure you let them know you're there because it can create some socially awkward situations that sounds that sounds incredible uh i guess excuse me a moment <laughs> and i uh, i close my eyes okay is it up to me whose head i end up in in this situation i think so all right uh i think then i end up in uh Timos's head all right um so between one breath and the next as you're concentrating on this 
uh, you find that you are no longer looking at the common room of the Honeydew Inn in Lorenton. Uh, you are actually, well, perceiving a finely appointed room that you recognize. This is a, a sitting room in one of the homes maintained by the Kelevan family in the city of Calavan. Uh, the last time you were here, you were actually practicing the lure, the one that you have right now. Well, you had. You don't have it as you sort of attend to your person. It's it's not on you in this new place. All right. This is going to sound strange. But this is Leorian and I'm in your mind. <laughs> I'm going to make a roll. The person that you are in faints. Your vision rolls up, goes black. Uh, you feel a sensation of falling, and then you are back in your own body, back in the common room. Okay, I think that worked, but I think I messed it up. <laughs> uh, how? How? What happened? Well, I, I announced myself as uh, as you as you wisely counseled, and uh, he, it would seem he promptly uh, fainted. Oh. Hopefully not injuring himself in the process. The carpets are quite soft in his room, so I, I wouldn't worry. Uh, but still not the outcome I was probably hoping for, nor he. I'm I'm sure he's fine. That happened to Rowena, though perhaps a bit more intentionally. <laughs> I, I, uh, I grin in a puckish way, but I do not say anything. Uh... I'm going to also join the anchor visitation party and check in on Varric. Okay. Uh, you uh, pop into Varric's head and are looking through the rapidly emptying bottom of a glass. Uh, it's odd to pop in in the middle of the sensation of swallowing. Um, uh, but Varric manages not to sputter or choke uh, and you know, kind of knocks the glass down. Uh, you see that he's uh, in the nightcap and sort of sitting at the bar, just kind of like looking around the room, uh, to have been with anyone in particular, doing anything in particular, just winding down his day. You can actually feel the you know, sort of um, lassitude from like a day of exertion, you know, in his muscles. And uh, as he wipes his mouth with the back of his hand, alas, good of you to pop in. Uh, hi, hi, Farrick. I'm sorry to bother you when it looks like you're... Oh, no bother. You're my favorite drinking buddy, after all. Oh, yeah, this is just a a different way of going about that, I suppose. I'm... (laughs) That was strange to hop in mid-swallow, but, uh... I'm I'm glad I wasn't of disturbance (sighs) to you. Oh, it'll take more than that to become between me and my ale. (laughs) That's true, uh... I can't imagine anything that could come between you and your ale. Do I see anyone from the Light Ward? Anyone I recognize at the nightcap? I mean, Kay is working. Okay. Um, Varric, I have a, I have a favor to ask you. Well, what is it, Lass? Well, I went to help with the siege. And... Aye? 
I thought that Mavia could help, and I lost Apatia and Envy, and I don't know where they are. They may still be somewhere in the city. Um, the oh. gates of Fermata are just gates right now. I think that if you wanted to, you could leave and maybe take some of the light ward with you, um, namely Thad, just to make sure, like, I know you're <laughs> capable of taking care of yourself, but uh, just to make sure you're okay. Um, and you say, then... <laughs> in order to never have to see Thad again. <laughs> yes. And it is, while we're, while I'm kind of, um, it is Calvin, right? City of Calvin. So you, Theret, Theret, Theret. Theret, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah Calvin was where, where, was where them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Calvin was on my brain because of, um, because of the whole, yeah, the previous right. anchorage. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you could probably get through the gates and go to Ferret, uh, where it's safe and just let them know that, uh, well, actually don't let them know I sent you. I, uh, might have led a riot. Um, what? It, it was, uh, she. Like on purpose. Uh, I, it wasn't me. I wasn't myself. I was, uh, angry. Um, and, hey. you know, we might, we might have done some significant property damage to, uh, the Tier family's estate. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, if you could just, uh, you know, maybe take that and see if you can figure out what happened to Apatia, because I'm in Lurenton. <sighs> oh, well, are you sure you don't want me to come help you then? I I really need to find out what happened to Patia. She was with me when I when she was with me helping the siege, and then she was not with me. And I no one seems to know where she is or Envy, and they both were helping me with the siege. So I can I can fill things here. I just I need you to be my eyes. Um, Right, lass. Well, I'm happy to help if the city will let me leave. Um, I remember the Apatia, the strange one. Shorter, sharp teeth. She's here for a little while, but um, you keep saying the other name. Well, who am I looking for there? Uh, NB is her now sister under the goddess Nyx. She's a a sweet, uh, a sweet girl that lost her voice uh, to Nyx. She oversees silence, I believe. Whoa. Loves to draw. I, I gave her money for a bunch of art supplies while, uh, uh, while a patient I got up to um other things. And uh, yeah, but if you, it's you know, she's she's a young girl, and I just want to make sure they're both okay. It's important to me. Aye, well, if it's important to you, that's important to me, lass. I'll. Uh... Head out, uh, if you don't mind me saying, first thing in the morning? Yes, uh, I would advise that. And gather Thad and just have a, a small group with you, because I don't know what the situation currently is in Theret. There were uh, sirens, and it brings some wax um, from the forge for everyone. If you hear music, stuff your ears immediately. Music, I um, will do, Singing. I suppose. Oh, Siren I... song. <laughs> it's all real <laughs> oh like in the songs alright well uh, I suppose I can do that um, Thad he's the strapping young lad in the light word right hangs around K a lot yes 
All right. Yeah, no, I'll get him out of the city. Uh, you have been feeling, of course, uh, his eyebrows sort of like twitch upward and furrow down. And uh, now you, you know, sort of uh, feel him give a knowing wink uh, to no one in particular as far as <laughs> that observer is concerned. Uh, and he says, right, right. No, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Thad to bring a couple of his friends and we'll, we'll get underway. I don't know how long the trip will take us. The Great Sump is not imminently traversable, but... Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, the forge can look after itself for a time, I'm sure. If you need any help, um, apparently I can hear prayers to the obsidian god. Um, I've learned that from some other novellists who can hear prayers to their god, so I imagine we're here. And I think like, I, I could probably help you by doing this. And I just right. kind of gesture with his hands briefly. Right, well, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, it's nice to have a, a line to you, lass. I, I hope you weather Lurrington well. And, um, well, I don't know. If you see anyone who deserves it, give them a hug for me, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not give Rowena a hug, so. <laughs> lass, I like you too much to suggest you give Rowena a hug. I know <laughs> she doesn't drive me up a tree like she does you, but I have a feeling you'd explode. I, you're probably not wrong. She was as uh, warm and hospitable as ever. So I will let you get back to your ale, though, Varric. Well, well, this one's to you, then, because that sounds like it could hardly have gone worse. And give my regards to Kea, too. And I, I unconsciously smile at her as Varric. <laughs> and then I zoop out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. All right. So uh, during this interval, which takes about as long as that conversation would have taken, uh, Lissa is sort of staring into space, doing not a whole lot. Uh, Leorian, Robnet, anything in particular you've been getting up to while she's been, you know, elsewhere. I'll I'm ask attempting him, to get Romnet. Oh, yeah, go for it. I will ask you who it was that you made faint. <laughs> well... Awkward. Uh, uh, Timos. Uh, Timos Calvin. Uh, he, he was my lure teacher. Uh, so we were the house of the discerning patron. That is uh, my troop. We were in the employ of the city fathers of Calvin for many years. And uh, young Timos, being close to my age, took a little bit of a shine to me, taught me the instrument. I think he thought that I could, I don't know, restore the troop to its former glory. Our reputation has suffered a bit in the last few years. I didn't mean to make him faint. If anything, I wanted to let him know that I've kept up with the instrument. Uh, if I recall correctly from our discussions, this is out of character, clearly. Uh, sure, sure. This is the troop that I had previously been a part of? I believe that what we had decided is that you had not been a part of it, but that you were familiar with it. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, you, you have uh, heard of, probably seen the house of the discerning patron may even have um you know performed alongside them on one occasion or another whether or sure. not it was a whole troop thing or just you know yeah uh, selections so um, okay so yeah you you are are well aware of the house of the discerning patron they're Broad history, their uh, rises and falls in fortune, even perhaps a few of their their members, uh, but but you were were not f like part of that troop. 
Sure. If he is, if he has indicated that this is the part he's interested in, I don't notice. I'm still talking about Timos. I say, yeah. <laughs> I say, I think he just liked me. I mean, also, of course, he wanted to impress his father, right? I mean, when your father is one of the city fathers, you want to bring something good to the table, prove that the patron is discerning. After <laughs> all, I think, uh, I think he was frustrated. Timos was though. How how quickly I surpassed him on the instrument. There were some weird feelings there. Weird feelings happen when there's a power discrepancy between people. That's that's definitely been my experience. I feel like you're talking about something uh, else, though. Mm-hmm. I the listener just... cannot uh, cannot hear the look that Des is currently giving. <laughs> <laughs> Could you? <laughs> Maybe you can. I don't know. <laughs> However, it was definitely a look. It was. That we'll is also that... an in-character look. Sure. There's we'll probably say... uh Yeah. I was going to say there's probably a deeply uncomfortable silence until Lissa returns to us. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> at the tail end of that look, Lissa, you know, uh, swoops back into herself. Hey, is my, my drink here yet? Uh is my drink here yet? Presumably, the important yes. questions. <laughs> Presumably, yes. I toss it back. It kind of, um, well, I guess I don't want to impute reactions to your character, but it's really, really good ale. It it's very tasty and hearty and nostalgic. Almost to an annoying degree, maybe, uh, because you really only get the sale in Lurenton. I sigh and <laughs> slump back into the chair a bit and take another sip. And I, I sense something from Ramnut, um, but I'm not sure what because my empathy stat is not all that <laughs> impressive. <laughs> uh, so I look at Leorian instead and say, uh, uh, so um, tell me a bit about yourself. Um, uh, uh, sure. I, it's just, I, I guess, as long as I've been with the group, no, nobody's asked. That's not a, a, a you know, I know, I know, don't take it personally. So I, uh, I'm from Nima, uh, family of musicians, some of whom wish I had stayed. Uh, I, uh, I was... Seven years with the House of the Discerning Patron, once glorious, now on its way back to glory, I firmly believe. Uh, sponsored, of course, by the City Fathers of Calvin. I, um, well, things have been a little tough since the, uh, well, you know, as, as you probably know, as I'm sure you know, Calvin was beset by divine forces, uh, and we lost a member. Uh, I was there, I saw it, I still don't really understand what I saw, if I'm honest. But anyway, I uh, was wandering and... What what did came, you see? Uh, if, if I can ask, um, well, sure. If, it's, uh, I, I don't want to bring up anything, uh, you know that that weighs heavily still or is traumatic. No, it's it's fine. I mean, hey, how do you how do you work through it if if not with a with a sympathetic ear, right? So, well, I saw monsters, but I also saw that man turned against man is more monstrous than any sea beast mm-hmm. i don't know everyone just went crazy they just uh they started tearing each other apart for no reason i could discern and 
Well, I mean, one of them, one of them was Aldry, a member of our troop. But you probably, you may or may not notice, but I am touching the broken drum that I keep at my side when I say this. And I don't know, things were never the same after that. Tell me, tell me more about Aldry. Aldry, ah, well, he, uh, he was the one who convinced me to join the troop. Amazing drummer, one of the best. And his brother was in the troop too, uh, Kilio, a dancer. Uh, rivaled the best dancers in the best of companies, apparently. But Kilio was convinced that the troop should break up, that, we, that it was ill luck, right? Like we brought this on ourselves or something, which is, which is nuts. That's not, who would think that? And I thought, no, 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 that's despair talking. And I, <laughs> Ramnitz heard the story. I thought that we couldn't let despair overmaster us. So I thought we had to stay together and... It was during this conversation that the Dosk, I make probably a, it's not a cross of myself, it's some gesture I'm clearly still working on. It's probably like a move across my face and then a clenched fist and then the fist explodes or something. I don't, I, I'm making it up as I go along. I say the first, that's when Dosk first revealed himself to me and when I began to walk his path. I, I see. Um. You are delightful, Leorian. Don't take my early leave as any evidence to the contrary, but I, I think I just need to lie down. It's It's been... Maybe it takes a toll. I mean, no offense, but she, I mean, yeah, she's, 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 a, she's a lot of whatever it is she is, she's a lot of it. So yeah, I totally understand. If I may say, it's a relief to have you here. So hey, take whatever time you need. We'll get on this whole dune thing. Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, I slide some coins onto the counter. Uh, get yourself um anything you'd like on on me. You too, Ramnut. Um, I just need it. I need I need sleep. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Lisa, you I, uh, as a- as she's walking away, I perform a ghost miracle that will, if I'm doing it right, uh, help her get to sleep quickly. All right. Yeah, let's say you you head up the stairs to the room apportioned to you and look out at the just now starting to set sun uh, and then pull the shutters closed and and head to bed. Just after Lissa has disappeared up the stairs, the door to the common room opens um, and a woman who is not from around here by her, her dress, if not her appearance, walks in uh, with a pack on her back uh, and sort of casts about. Uh, this is um, remarkable only in that others of the common room seem to be familiar with her and start waving her over. It takes only a moment to realize uh, that she is selling things uh, from the pack, uh, small uh, items, and has apparently been here for long enough for the people in the common room uh, to know this. Uh, She's on the short side, uh, very uh, moderately on the heavy side. She's wearing um, a, a long blue dress, kind of faded, and a, a... brown cloak over it with the pack you know sort of on top of the the cloak 
uh, and after just a moment of uh, you know sort of looking, you can see that there is something um, alive in the hood of her cloak. It's fuzzy and it has very large ears, uh, but you don't get a really good look at it. Um, this all in just a couple of moments, as you know, your attention is naturally drawn toward the opening of the door. Um, she uh, otherwise is. Uh, honestly fairly unremarkable uh in appearance uh a lot of ways uh braided blonde hair kept kind of severely back uh you know freckles relatively pale skin kind of uh overall seeming sort of dainty but not like precious not too to put together um she does not dress like anybody else you have seen in Lurenton, and even if she did, it would be clear that she came from a long way by the wear, uh, you know, on her uh, clothes, the dust on her shoes, and the care with which she carries herself through the space. One thing that catches your attention in particular, though, and this is probably specifically Romnet, uh, but I will let Leorian uh, roll for it uh, just to be on the fair side. Um, if you would roll uh, Leorian a sense plus uh, scrutinize six dice. All right. So I can do. I can find enough dice. There we go. That is two nines excellent um the one of the things that catches your particular attention other than just you know a stranger coming into the common room and you know kind of like registering it and turning away is that well you recognize some of the items that are visible uh in her pack not specifically those things but you can identify that at least one of them is a uh, carved artifact from the godswoods, uh, though it is not immediately clear what it is. That that dark kind of seamed wood is very um, sort of telling. Um, but most of the rest of what you can see are specifically the uh, craft goods that come across the Carolyn wastes. Uh, which is, you know, what the desert that shouldn't be here kind of re resembles. Now, um, with that role, it will be both of you also. Uh, she does not look like somebody from the Carolyn Wastes. They tend to, at the very least, look like they've gotten more sun uh, than this woman looks like she's gotten. Uh, and they tend to dress in sort of loose-fitting, billowy clothes that are good for wind and sand and sun. Um... So, obviously, plenty of trade with the Carolyn Wastes takes place in the Vales, and the products travel through the Vales, but um, it is unusual to see that combination, and it is unusual to see a person alone with a pack on their back uh, peddling either of these things, much less both of them. Uh, nevertheless, uh, she you know, is sort of waved over by uh, a couple of people at a table and begins conversing sort of low uh with them and negotiating over some matter of sale um all of this 
you know, perhaps in sort of a metagamey way, I know I have certainly drawn your attention as players to this uh, character. You can decide how much of an impression it makes uh, on your characters in the moment. Uh, you are not quite close enough just to you know be um sort of like able to overhear easily uh but a pretty darn good sense hearing role could do it uh or a relatively simple aspect miracle could do it okay uh let's check my sense hearing that is five dice uh so i'll try that all right um yeah go ahead and roll five dice for sense plus hearing uh <laughs> three sixes yeah, add to the count. <laughs> Three sixes plus plus. Uh, yeah, so uh, you sort of crane your ear, and you don't catch absolutely every word said, uh, but you are able to, uh, you know, overhear what is a fairly mundane conversation, uh, at least on the surface. If there's any hidden meaning here, it escapes you. Uh, about prices of the sorts of small goods uh, that, you know, typically come out of the godswoods, uh, the sorts of things that the Carolyn Waste sells on this scale are like fine pottery, um, uncannily sharp stone knives, you know, tools, uh, sure. home goods, but relatively specialized ones. Um, and they're just discussing prices. You do get a sense that she is soft-spoken and very formal, uh, from the conversation here. Um, you also catch just before you sort of, you know, uh, lose the thread with a fresh wave of noise in the common room that her prices are very good, uh, to the point where you're not a hundred percent certain that she's definitely making a profit. Mm -hmm. So, remind me what, like, there, there's the Imperator of the Desert. Ventis. Ventis. And what are, what are Ventis's spheres that we know of? Uh, I believe uh, that you have uh either trade or commerce they have been used interchangeably in the lore that you have come across but it's probably going to be either one or the other in fact um and deserts okay uh i will mention that we may have to to Leorin with a sort of subtle nod toward the uh Traitor, that we may have a uh, devotee or possibly representative, I'm not really equipped to tell these things, uh, of Ventis. 
Oh. And I know who Venti says, right? We've established this at some previous it has, point. It has come up, yeah. Does the traitor uh, or her, her furry companion, who I caught sight of, maybe just I think of them as the ears, look any different through the sight? Nope. devotee but not uh not a power it would seem okay i was happy to check that since i know you're you know i appreciate that yeah (laughs) well i mean if i'm not mistaken there may be some profit in approaching sure or should we let her come to us? This does seem to be where the drinks are flowing. And we have, uh, I take a look at the coin Lissa left behind, uh, coin to spare. That's certainly <laughs> true. Uh, you notice out of the corner of your eye that the bartender reflexively looks up at the phrase coin to spare sees that it's you and that they're already aware of the coins on the bar and goes back to what they were doing. <laughs> this sounds right. <laughs> um, after a short enough interval, uh, the woman finishes her business uh, at the one table and sort of looks around the room, seeming to take no notice of you on her first pass, but as she sort of tracks her head back around, rather than like snapping to attention, uh on either of you sort of settles on the two of you at the bar and walks up right between you to the uh seat that Lissa had abandoned uh and sort of looks left and right and speaks with a soft formality and no hint of a Caroline waste accent but she says gentlemen if it is not an interruption or an imposition, perhaps I could interest you in some of my wares. I am here in town until I sell out, so perhaps you could help me on that endeavor, if it is not too much to ask. Neither an imposition nor an inconvenience, and uh, in fact, uh, if we might, in good fellowship and good company, offer you a refreshment while we negotiate, the honor would be ours. She gives you a very sort of small smile and a slight incline of her head and when she inclines her head you can see that in the hood of her cloak uh, is a small dog or fox-like creature with sand-colored fur and massive ears and kind of a poofy tail it is seemingly quite asleep you must boop the snoot My first question is, uh, might I inquire as to your name as well as that of your uh, companion? Her smile grows incrementally, and she says, you may call me Fewa. This is Puff. Uh, Sorry, Fewa? Fewa. And she she gestures to her hood when introducing Puff. Uh, I love Puff. A pleasure. Puff is great. A pleasure, and I would not dream of disturbing uh, Puff's slumber, but upon waking, I may need to request a more uh, close audience. Puff is personable, provided the company is good. 
Uh, well, I hope you'll find it so. Uh, Leorian and uh, Romnet. Excellent to make your acquaintances, gentlemen. Likewise. She uh, m- makes a small gesture to the barkeep and requests uh, their smallest vessel, a little aperitif pewter uh, cup uh, of just regular old white wine uh, and sips on it as it comes. Uh, Ramnet, I believe you were saying something. Uh, you had mentioned wares. Uh, perhaps you also have news. The... I suppose I might have something you wish to know, but I, well, don't hear very much gossip, I'm afraid. Perhaps that's a, that may be true, but you seem to have come whence came the sands. Yes, passing strange, the change that has overcome the land. But, well... I have bought from those who bought from those who come from the sands. Where is her accent from? Can I figure that? Hmm. Good question. Let me see what I want to make you roll for that. <laughs> um. Let's go with uh, knowledge plus Taraxin. Two plus a master die. And uh, there's a difficulty here. Uh, you're trying trying to exceed a five. Mm. Okay. Fortunately, I rolled one nine, so that is two nines. All right. Damn Henry Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. I do, <laughs> I do not retract uh, this statement. <laughs> <laughs> Adam has suffered psychic damage, which he will repay to me tenfold. <laughs> Yes. I will try. Yes, but you know, usually I'm less susceptible to the poet's one, poet once said. Um, as far as you can tell, this is like the Omaha, Nebraska of Taraxin accents. <laughs> it's utterly without distinguishing characteristics. So. It is possibly miraculously or magically learned. It's a possibility. Certainly she wouldn't be from the Vales. That tends to have a relatively uh, identifiable accent. Tends to have an accent. Yeah. Um, And just real quick for note for our listeners, if it sounded like I was being mean to Omaha, Nebraska there, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't calling the place bland. It's uh, as far as I'm aware, at least still a popular destination for call centers because the native accent there reads to American ears as though it does not have an accent. Back in the day, local news people would send anchors there to train in sounding generically American as well. Uh, which is why you hear less regional accents on on local news these days, which sucks. Fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I recently um, visited Lincoln, Nebraska. It's a lovely place. Agreed. Arrived there by way of Omaha. Very cool. I, I've never had the pleasure, uh, but uh, that that is what I meant. I, I realized after the fact that it might have sounded like I was calling Omaha bland, and I wouldn't know. I haven't been there. Uh, the, the Dice Punks team does not take an anti-Omaha, or indeed an anti-Nebraska stance, let the record show. 
Indeed not, at least not until I have a nightmare trip there or something, in which case I may come yeah, sure, out yeah, strong. Yeah. <laughs> we reserve we reserve the right to become anti-Nebraska later. <laughs> I'm trying to think of places I would be comfortable insulting uh, on a public recording now. Uh, maybe it's material. Speaking as the beats, Southern Californian uh, on the podcast, feel free on Southern California. <laughs> never been, so I... I, I, I right, right. Speaking as the Northern Californian on the podcast, feel free on Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All I can think of is specific airports that I don't like. Mm, yes. <laughs> I mean, there, uh, there's plenty case. to be said about airports, but not uh, here, perhaps. Perhaps not. Okay. Uh, so yes, oh, that, the the answer there uh, is that uh, uh, Feywa's uh, accent seems to just not be okay. Sus. <laughs> In a word, she explains. Ever since I took up this occupation, I have traveled back and forth between the gods' woods and some of the veils where the goods from the Caroline Wastes come in and made my way as a traveling peddler. So I have small, movable goods from both, and I think what you'll find are fairly reasonable prices. I have a rather fierce need for polish. Uh, I show her my lure. Uh, it turns out fording a river uh, with this in hand, even with the most careful of applications of, uh, well, care, uh, still can take a toll. She begins, uh, she pulls the, the bag off her shoulder and puts it on the stool where Lissa had sat, uh, herself never having sat down there, but really stood before it, uh, and begins to pick through it carefully uh, and familiarly. And she says, I should have just the thing, I think. Um, where did you come from that... You had to ford a river to get here. There are ferries that most people take. We found ourselves in the Great Sump. It's a bit of a long story. Well, if you should feel like telling it, I would be most curious and will be going nowhere else this evening, but I don't wish to pry. I give Romnet a look as if to say, how much should we share? I, I will try to convey my best. Well, probably don't tell her that you're a demigod. <laughs> that probably uh wow do i do i get that message is probably an actual adam message. feel free to make us roll things for this because sure. that would be I, funny no i am making drew do this as an in-character decision <laughs> <laughs> that's that that is meaner but like m entirely appropriate i think i say well i'm a demigod uh, and I found myself supernaturally <laughs> dropped into the Great Sump in the course of traveling. It's a bit of a demigod thing. At, at this uh, point, I will just a... signal to the bartender for a drink <laughs> as if to completely undermine my companion's point here. <laughs> Does she think I'm serious? She seems to be taking you perfectly seriously. Her eyebrows climb a little bit, but not dramatically. And she says, a demigod. Well, that's most unusual. May I ask you to elaborate? Uh, by this time, she has produced a small uh, pewter dish uh, with a lid on it that she unscrews uh, and sets on the counter, uh, awaiting attention whenever the conversation allows. 
Uh, I peer at the dish, but first I answer her question. Uh, I wrap my knuckles on the bar in a rhythm, and then I perform a ghost miracle to make the rhythm go unnatural fast. She raises one eyebrow and says, A very interesting... Well, I don't want to say trick. That makes it sound dismissive. Very interesting technique. Uh, your drink has arrived, Robnet. <laughs> she part of me uh, wants to say I murder it, but I don't mean that literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful. You've got to be careful now. Oh, no, 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 no. Nat- Adam's been very clear about the the literal <laughs> versus metaphorical uh, uses of my domain. Sure, unless we find yeah, ourselves in a place where the drinks are sentient. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I will, I will, I will say this. I am comfortable saying no if you want to pitch an unconventional use at me. The answer might be yes. Oh, I know. If you think it's likely we'll, to be no, we'll get there. Trust yeah. me. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ramnet uh, is anybody who wishes to look at him. He is the picture of quiet, stoic suffering. <laughs> Um, as he uh, drinks his drink. Um, in the meantime, though, uh, Fewa says, "I suppose that is a demonstration of your power, but um, the exact nature of it eludes me. Uh, how did you come? Were you always a demigod?" No, no, no. I've I've been a musician much longer than I've been a demigod. So I'm, you know, more experienced at that. I as I'm saying this, I'm sniffing the polish. Um I I have really low knowledge, but I feel like I would know this, right? I'm trying to ascertain whether it's the real deal, but my knowledge, let the listener know, is one. Um Let's have you roll sense scrutinize instead, which is six. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um yeah. I like that Leorian uh, has sense. <laughs> yeah right I, hey we're up to two in the party around. hey now yeah exactly uh that is three sevens nice. all right lucky sevens um this is not familiar but a it smells good and b to a visual and olfactory inspection it does seem of a consistency and make that would function as polish uh for your instrument but without trying it, you won't really know it for all, you know, could just be scented wax, <laughs> you know, that wouldn't take anything off uh, and just making a good impression. Um, but uh, in the meantime, if anyone said, well, that's musician. Yes, I see. And demigod, I am impressed. Um, how does one become a demigod? That's an interesting question. In my experience, which may not be representative, I should know. Again, I'm a. Uh, I know I, you got questions about playing the lute. I, I I could talk you to all day, but as far as as far as becoming a demigod, uh, I only know what happened to me, which is that I caught the attention of a god. Uh, my uh, mm. my my storytelling, uh, my playing, I think just my general way of being, uh, made him think that I would do well with him. That is a fascinating tale. She turns to Ramnet and says, Have you a similar one? I'm trying to spare Ramnet embarrassment, so I say, Oh, he's he's a prophet. He's not a demigod. He's which is ex- extremely <laughs> impressive. Don't she, get me wrong. She nods, she says, Oh, I see. Yes, well, I suppose that makes sense. Um 
I apologize for getting off track. You you wanted polish, um, it, though it is not every day one meets a demigod. Um, your honor? How does oh, one address Leor- a demigod? Leorian's fine. Leorian's fine. Don't even don't even worry about that. In, in, in I... my experience, demigods are notoriously informal. Oh, <laughs> I have prayed. I tend toward formality myself. Uh, perhaps I shall just continue with sir. Um, yes, the polish. Uh, it is, well, from somewhere on the other side of the Caroline Wastes. I am uncertain where, I'm afraid. Um, but uh, they have a wide variety of instruments made wholly from brass, if you can believe it, um, that they uh, keep in good condition with this exact blend. I'm afraid I am unable to tell you what might be in it precisely other than to say that it is some sort of wax base with small granules in it that wear very easily and thus take off any corrosion i've seen it work well you are free to try a little of it if you wish i think i may if uh thank you for being so kind uh, so yeah, I take a I take a bit on a finger. I pull a rag from my pocket and I polish an edge of the lure. Uh, it is astonishingly effective, though perhaps not as um, efficient by volume. Uh, it works rapidly and it works very well. You can see yourself going through this pretty quickly. This is excellent. Uh, what's the price for the lot? I think we. Since since uh, since wealth is abstract in this system, mm-hmm. I think we probably just let's say we negotiate, and uh, you can tell me if it's something that would present a problem for me from a financial perspective. It cuts into what Lissa left you. What if I refuse to use what Lissa left me and draw from my own uh, possibly meager funds? Uh, yeah, you won't be able to afford it. As far as I can tell, you have zero wealth uh, on your character sheet. L- L- Lissa is the money bags of this outfit. It's true. <laughs> well, let the record show, I say this to Romnet, uh, I, I owe the Furious Queen, and I do not welch. Uh, I'll take the wax, the polish, the substance. Uh, you transact uh, for for the polish, uh, announcing that you owe Lissa, uh, and Feywa's eyes kind of, you know, her eyebrows kind of quirk up at uh, Furious Queen. Says, "Oh, um, your friend is is absent, but also is well, Queen, yes. um, royalty. Uh, in a in a demigod sense, yeah, not in a, not of a oh, nation, but of a." Of a, a power, several actually. It it appears is... to be a matter of uh, degree of divinity or degree of control over there. Yes, yes, I I think I I begin to understand. Uh, furious though, about what is she angry? Oh, well, frequently she's not. Except everything she, she does <laughs> is done furiously. <laughs> oh. It is her nature. I see. And she sort of slowly tracks back to Leorian and says, What is your nature? Well, 
first of all, I'm a, I'm a baron, bottom of the barrel, really, uh, as demigods go. Uh, but mine is the domain of tempo. Uh, I, I suppose I have dominion over the pace at which things occur, though no control at all over whether they do. I see. You control the pace at which crabs die. <laughs> I'm alive. It's fine. It was so much better that you had a cat on your back when you said it. So. <laughs> I am not sorry. Nor would I expect you to be. <laughs> Feywa, for her part, nods seriously at you, and as she does, uh, Puff kind of perks up behind her head and looks out on either side of her head uh, and sort of like crouches down on her shoulder to look around. Boop it! Boop the snoop! I ask whether I may boop Puff. Uh, uh, she says, uh, boop. Um, I suppose so, if he permits it. Uh, I I, uh, I reach out my hand, uh, one finger, index finger first, mm-hmm. uh, toward Puff. He regards your fingertips suspiciously, but does not move. Very lightly, I tap the tip of Puff's nose. He remains still watching you, and the moment your finger makes contact, he leaps from the shoulder he is on to the other shoulder, and then darts back into the hood and curls up. Oh, I fear I've made I fear I've made a bad first impression. Feywa shakes her head with an indulgent smile and says, "Puff is merely dramatic at times. I think that you'll find that if you pay him attention, he will love you." Well, should we have occasion to keep each other's company, I don't think uh, spending time with uh, your delightful companion will present much of a problem. I will nod at that. Uh, <laughs> she sort of uh, gives a slightly distant looking smile and then says, well, is there anything else uh, that either of you gentlemen might be interested in purchasing? It's perhaps a long shot, but... Does the name Ventis mean anything to you? She sort of blinks and says, Certainly nothing I sell. I jest. My apologies. Yes, I believe that the traders and inhabitants of the Caroline Wastes uh, revere an entity by such a name. It is perhaps not a standard transaction, but if you have tales or stories or descriptions of Ventis, I would pay to hear them. She nods once, slowly, and says, well, I don't think I know any of the official ones, but, um, well, she looks around the common room and says, I shall see how much else I can sell from my pack, and if you gentlemen are still around, either later this evening or perhaps for breakfast tomorrow, I'll be happy to regale you of those tales I do know. Marvelous. In the meantime, I wish you the best of of your transacting. And before you go, we've been drinking at the, uh, at the, uh, the, the, the good graces, the generosity of the Furious Queen. Do you have anything a smith might enjoy? Smith? Hmm, perhaps. And she goes into sort of a different pocket of her pack and digs around for a moment and then pulls out 
it's very small, but it is ingot shaped. And it is a reddish metal with an unfamiliar emblem stamped into it. Uh, and she says, this might perhaps interest her, although I must confess it is very dear. I give uh, an ungraceful sidelong glance at the coins remaining on the bar. What May I inquire as to its nature? She says, well, I can tell you what I am told of its nature. It is called by the denizens of the waste well i think the translation is bloodstone though clearly it is metal i believe after its distinctive color it is supposed to be very workable but very hard though i have never worked any metal myself so i cannot say for certain what something we have in common peanut gallery is being quiet now <laughs> i'd like to i'd like to think lissa said that like like through the ceiling we can kind of hear <laughs> just in her sleep <laughs> uh, i'm quite certain that the furious queen would have a furious interest in this object and equally certain that the uh the, the you know <laughs> the coinage here is not going to cover it so when next we meet i suppose i ask only that you don't sell it to anyone else she looks considering and says, well, I suppose if I get an offer I can't refuse, I can make no promises, but I will do my best to hold on to it for your friend. I would like to see it go to someone who can make proper use of it. She uh, gives you sort of another one of her little formal bobs of the head and says, I wish both of you the most pleasant of evenings. And the same to you. Why, thank you. Puffs ears kind of come back up over her shoulder very briefly and one of them twitches twice uh, and the and same then, to you i say to the ears. <laughs> <laughs> they back into her hood uh as she turns around and uh continues her circuit of the common room it is now you know full dark if just barely um and you know the common room is fairly full probably as full as it's going to get smell of and you know down home kind of dinner lots of ale and spirits and wine murmur of lively but not raucous conversation um and actually this would probably also be around the time that you would have first directly encountered uh master owain uh his his staff having helped you when you first got there um he is a relatively tall and broad-shouldered man uh, who seems to have just finished going fully gray in the hair uh, and you know, sort of wearing the traditional innkeeper's apron a little uncomfortably, as though he would rather be wearing overalls, uh, but uh, directing everything efficiently and firmly without becoming red-faced or histrionic just you know running a tight ship i think we when we see an opening and by we i mean i when i see an opening i engage him uh, in conversation um have i have i divined that he is the proprietor of this establishment by his behavior or it is does pretty, he just seem like a nice fellow 
pretty easy to tell uh that this is this is the guy who runs the joint yeah i think my instinct as a as a a gigging musician kicks in and i'm sure to meet the guy who runs the place um he is patient but unenthusiastic (laughs) i'm used to that i uh i thank him for the fine hospitality we've had in this establishment and uh offer to buy him a drink although i'm sure he's had everything on the menu i say that as though he's gonna find it really funny uh he gives sort of a tight smile and then says tell you what you tip your servers well and you'll keep me in drinks for life good evening and i look at him as though this is the most (laughs) profound wisdom i have ever heard and i toast him as he walks off he uh goes to oversee the opening of a cask of something I presume Romnet is mostly still keeping himself to himself. Yeah, I'm largely keeping myself to myself. Uh, Generally, I probably make hmm? looking around to the uh, to see what what there is uh, of interest going on in the common room, but otherwise just sort of quietly sipping at my drink that I downed most of when you uh let slip your divinity uh as for what's going on in the common room mostly what you would expect although at a quieter volume and a slower tempo than you think is probably usual what with all the desert and whatnot um though one of the things this probably makes you the first to notice it now that the sun is down when you look outside you no longer see sand dunes you see a relatively familiar landscape through the windows of fields ready to be plowed. I will point this out to uh, Leorian, but quietly. I uh, think we should probably go outside and see if... Like, can you touch the fields? Which is an illusion, or is either... I will suggesture that we should both perhaps go outside and not just to investigate, but also for this conversation about matters divine in front of a whole barroom full of mortals. (laughs) Oh, I, that was a, that was a, that was a bit of a a reproach and a deserved one at that. I mean, you're right. None of that is stated to you. So like. (laughs) <laughs> divine such reproach as you uh see fit but yeah one, I mean, once once let's... once we're outside i will uh suggest that i think what is happening is that ventis does not have power sufficient to take this land over at night, and so it is only a matter of during daylight it is desert, and then during night it is the obsidian gods again. So we're at, we're outside now having this conversation? I would say yeah. before we left, I made sure there were enough coins on the bar. Probably what Lissa would want would be to just leave the remaining coins yeah. there, particularly. Yeah, so we do so. And I say so... 
insufficient power to keep it so at night. That's a problem if you want to farm, but but how would that work? Is there is someone different in charge of the moon than the sun? Is someone different in charge of the the stars, the clouds? Are you in charge of music? I'd love to be, but no. Are you in charge of melody? Not in a divine sense. <laughs> Are you in charge of syncopation? That's an interesting question. You probably see me tapping the broken drum as though to find out. <laughs> no. I think there's your answer. As to the moon, the stars, the sun, the day, the night. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Dumb question. No. Do we know them? Like, do you, do you, uh, you know, has they, have they been over to the place? Or? <laughs> Were the Serthans, like, isn't, isn't Sertha in charge of the sun? And the moon. We have and the moon. Yeah. yeah. Table table talk. We have met both the we have met the nobilis of the sun and of the moon. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Or not, or you have. I Leorian hasn't. And and the imperator of night, for that matter, if not any nobilis of such. Right. Mm-hmm. And Romnet hasn't, though. You have heard that story. Yes. So I I will. Uh, I don't know that we've met. Nobilis of the night, but Lissa has met the Imperator of Night. You've met oh. Sirthans. Uh, theirs governs the sun and the moon, and we've in fact met those Nobilis. So, and this is probably another dumb question, could this be them helping us out? Helping out the veils more than us, I suppose. Doubt it. Mott. Well, I wouldn't say Mott. I would say the Obsidian God. The Obsidian God governs darkness. Thus, when it is dark, it seems likely that their power holds primacy. But there's a different God of the night. Sure, tempo, but not syncopation. I gotcha. I getcha. I, I I probably pretend to understand more than I actually understand. I mean, it, it, it is, is dark when it is not night. It is not always dark when it is night. I go as best I can to where there was a dune, and I reach down and see if I can touch good, wholesome dirt. Short answer is yes. We'll circle back to that in a second. Lissa, you fell asleep as soon as your head hit the pillow. And more After crying less... a bit. <laughs> yeah, simultaneously. Uh, <laughs> then an undetermined amount of time later for you, but doesn't seem like that long. Actually, no. As you wake up, you realize that you have awoken the moment after the last ray of the sun disappeared onto the horizon. You sit straight upright, and you feel like you could run all the way to Caliban. You are fully energized. Oh, this is new. Uh, I look out the window. (laughs) Dunes are gone. Farmland, familiar farmland, waiting to be plowed and planted. Spreads out under the light of the stars and the moon. You might be able to hear a couple of idiots talking. Bright to you. I doubt that you are 
directly under her window as you're doing this but <laughs> yes this is roughly simultaneous um you find that you can see very well by the moon and starlight i am going to is there a way for me to safely climb down from the window <laughs> Not aware that these two are out in the open, I'm going to go and investigate. I'm going to say that, yes, there is a way for you to safely climb down the window. Now, your roll there would be coordination plus climb, which would be two dice. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe not the best idea. There, there, there is a way aspect. to do it, but, you know, you may I'm not I'm just going to go it. downstairs. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to walk downstairs like a, a normal human. And, um, you know, like, if they ask why I'm up, I'm just going to say I feel rested. Um, I check myself in the mirror and put on my clothes, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you put yourself together a little bit and walk downstairs. Uh, let's see. Roll a sense plus sight two dice. <laughs> I was going to roll two dice no matter what. <laughs> yes, but only one of these involves your safety. Oh, so close. I got a five and a four. Mm. So yeah, so uh, you pass through the common room. Nobody takes any particular notice of you uh, as you, you walk to the door. And I don't see Ramnut or Leorian, so I kind of assume that they've tucked in probably until I step outside and rejoin them. Yeah, uh, you aren't uh, right next to them as you step outside, but looking left and right, you immediately can see them off to one side, like just behind the row of buildings that backs up to the fields. Uh, do you two have a better idea of what's going on? I fell asleep, I woke up, I feel great, and there's no sand. There is a distinct... Yeah, I touched the ground as though to make sure. Yeah, in <laughs> fact, you're doing this at the same time as Leorian is standing up with a little bit of soil. Uh, I, I I will just hold up there. a finger and, you know. Your boss governs darkness. You govern darkness. It is dark. That may have some sway over things here. Uh, otherwise, not really sure. Should, um, we should... I have a feeling that Lurrington's about ready to become a nighttime town. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know that plants will grow at night, regardless. Oh, yeah, that is kind of a, a crucial thing. You know, sun, good soil, water. Um, two out of three ain't bad. Two... But maybe not good enough. You can see me doing fierce math in my head as though, as if there's some way to alter the tempo. You, of, like of, the calculating of woman round. meme? Yeah, it's, I am the calculating woman meme at this moment. There is math before me, uh, but it profits me nothing. But you're not the prophet. It's true. It's Are true. there any crops nearby that I could, you know, ostensibly steal a sample of and see if they turn into ash in the sunlight or sand, as the case may be? Um, well, no, no. No planting has been done yet because the, during the day... Oh, it's they're dunes. waiting to be plowed. Okay. Yeah, these are these are fields that were harvested uh, right before winter and have lain fallow for a season. I'm... The best I can think, I'm squinting at the dirt in my hand. I say the best I can think is if I wait 
till dawn. I can probably stop whatever's going to happen to them from happening to them for a while. For a planting and a growing season, though, probably not. So this is a bad idea. I'll never mind. I think we need to visit my sister again. I'm uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder if they serve drinks. To Actually, I know they serve drinks to go here. Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> You walk back. I grab into... one too, if that's if that's all right. Also, I owe you money. <laughs> I give a thumbs up over my my uh, shoulder and say, "No, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick side note: I think I know the answer to this, but uh, just to be certain, um, how are you dressed currently, Lissa? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I probably didn't throw on my full blacksmith's apron. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have like the the usual belt. I have a lecto strapped to my side. Mm-hmm. The boots, uh, the breeches, the the green tunic. Mm-hmm. So, and you Every- are you're carrying a hammer is the important part here. Uh, yes, I am. For, for my purposes, um, you walk in uh, to the common room and approach the bar to get a wooden tankard to go. Uh, and as you are you know, sort of waiting to grab the bartender's attention, uh, you hear a very polite sort of throat clearing to your right and down a little ways. Uh, And uh, glancing over, uh, you see a diminutive sort of almost dainty, but not quite that intentional uh, about it. A woman in a long blue dress and a brown cloak. From your vantage, you can see that she has something furry with big ears sleeping in her hood. Um, and, uh, you know, Feywa, as much as I described her uh, previously, but she gives you a slight bow and says, I apologize for the intrusion, uh, madam, but um, I couldn't help but notice the hammer. Are you, perchance, a smith? I am. Uh, hello there. Uh, what's your name? Uh, she gives a slightly more formal inclination of the head. She says, I am Feywa. A pleasure to meet you, Feywa. And what's the name of your friend there? Oh, she sort of reaches back and scritches between his ears and says, This is Puff. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. May I buy Puff some bacon? Oh, no. He does, does not do well with most human foods, I'm afraid. But thank you for the kind offer. Um, would you perchance be acquainted with the two gentlemen, um, the demigod and the prophet who were down here earlier? Uh, oh, yes, uh, Romnet and Leorian. Uh, yes, yes the they are same. my companions. <laughs> they had intended to make a purchase on your behalf, but lacked the funds to do so. I told them I would hold on to it if I could, and so I have, and she produces a very small stamped ingot of a reddish metal with which you are unfamiliar. And holds My eyes kind of pop out of my skull in cartoon style <laughs> <laughs> with the audible awooga sound. <laughs> she gives you a small smile. Oh, this is exquisite. Uh, uh, may I? Certainly. Hello. She holds it up to you. Um... I'm gonna take a uh I'm gonna see if I can understand its uh 
like, you know, properties. Mm -hmm. I may may not be familiar with the metal itself, but I've seen a fair few uh, alloys and metals Mm -hmm. uh, that I've, you know, never heard of before. Sure. Knowledge plus student blacksmith is going to be two plus a master die. That's going... Oh. (laughs) The nines and the sixes always mess me up. So Mm. that's going to be two nines. Okay. Um, you are unfamiliar with this sample, but uh, you can immediately, uh, you know, understand it to be um, very resilient material. You'd have to work with it to find out a lot more about it. But based on what you know about other metals and how they work and how this one sort of seems, uh, you know, to fit on sort of the continuum, um you would be excited to test this out. You would imagine you would have to get it very, very hot to work it effectively. But that I'm at that, that heat, but that at that heat, uh, <laughs> it would be uh, easy to work, and once quenched, uh, would be very, very tough stuff. Yes. Uh, after you know, uh, examining it, getting a feel for the metal in my hands. I say, uh, yes, uh, my companions are absolutely correct. I would love to purchase this from you if you're willing to part with such a exquisite, exquisite substance. Um, wh- what is this called and what is it generally used for? She says, well, the translated name is, well, slightly inaccurate, bloodstone, even though it is a metal that's the direct translation. I don't believe it has a name in Taraxin, so perhaps you could be the one to name it if you wished. What they generally use it for are tools that wear very hard or for the very, very wealthy, um, impossibly delicately constructed weapons. Uh, It is a very strong material. You could make something roughly the scale and thickness of a knitting needle with a blade on it. It would hold an edge and stand up to hard combat for quite some time. Or so I'm told, anyway. It's very dear for that reason, but this amount, and she nods at the ingot, which is frankly an eighth of what you would need to make a standard Taraxan longsword. And she says, this would probably be enough to make a rapier or poignard from that would serve perfectly well. Name your price, Vela. Uh She gives you a small smile and says, I'd uh, be happy to, and sort of waits for the introduction from you. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm easily distracted by uh, metals and other things easy on the eyes. Certainly. I'm Lissa. Lissa Crate. She is in mid She says, Crate? I've run into that family here. I had no idea they had a daughter. Daughter? Daughter-in-law, who is a smith. Well, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And as for the price, she names a price that, to your mind, is ludicrously low. I give her twice that. (laughs) She looks at uh, the amount that you proffer her and says, I'm afraid I couldn't possibly, and goes to hand you half of it back. Uh, I have the half and say, consider this a tip, and if you ever 
stumble across more bloodstones. Um, I I would love to, you know, have a collection of bloodstones of my own, perhaps. Bloodstone circle we could create. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if anyone would go there. Well done, well done. You needn't have wondered. Uh... I mean, mostly I was wondering if it would be Adam or somebody else. (laughs) Always Um, there for a Nightfella reference. (laughs) 100%. So, uh, yeah, she she transacts with you only somewhat reluctantly. She says, you are very generous, Lady Lissa. Just Lissa. Of course. Demigods are always informal, I'm told. Um... Ah, I, I see that um, my my friends have informed you about it. Can I, uh, I can show you uh, what I can do. It's better than a cup of coffee, should you be needing energy. She looks a little curious and she says, I am unfamiliar with coffee, but um, I would be curious to see what you can do. Your companion, Yorian, um, sped up a tapping sound earlier. I offer her my hand. She looks down at it for a moment and then very tentatively just places like two fingers like in the middle of your palm. I, of course, do a lesser creation of furious joy. Let's see. Please don't be mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) You're asking the furious queen not to be angry at you. Roll sense plus empathy, three dice. (laughs) I will be less mad at you about this roll after next session. Uh, And no matches, surprising no one. Three, seven, four. Okay. Um, You. Um, mm, I haven't used that. I haven't in. uh, hmm. Think you're using your lock? I'm going to use my lock. Okay. This is Vewa. Sure. Had to happen eventually. Yes! <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> uh, okay. That, that was, was that was luck well used. <laughs> uh two twos? Two twos. Alright. Um you uh you know, hold out your hand, she touches it, you do a lesser creation of uh furious joy, and you feel you yourself impart that miracle to her and for just a moment you feel the miraculous energy that you've imparted to her being swallowed up in like a raindrop in the ocean it's gone as soon as you can perceive it and she gives you a warmer smile than you've seen on her face before. She's one of very measured expressions, and a little color rises in her cheeks, and she says, Oh, my, that is very pleasant. <laughs> I'm glad you find it so. And um, would I be mistaken in suggesting that uh, you're a little miraculous yourself? She chuckles, and she says, well, I would never claim to be miraculous, but I suppose that it would be apt to say that I am not wholly mundane either. It is a little embarrassing, though. 
rather modest of you and charming. I, uh, I, I've done that miracle a few times, and you felt different. She raises an eyebrow and says, well, I, I hope that isn't a bad thing. Not at all. On, on the contrary, I, I'm just attempting to sort out how. Um, I was hoping she, you could elaborate uh, or provide some insight, maybe, if it, you know, if it doesn't cause you too much discomfort. She sort of shakes her head a little and says, I am afraid I am somewhat at a loss as to what you might be referring to. But, um, well, I have already promised your companions a uh, conversation in the morning over breakfast. Perhaps we could discuss it then if you wish. Um, in the meantime, she looks around the common room and says, only here until I empty my pack, so I'm going to uh, try to work on that. I wish you the best of luck, Fable. It's been a pleasure. She gives you another incline of her head and says, the pleasure has been mine. Lissa. And then uh, gives you another smile and sort of troops out. While this has been going on, not to leave Lissa in the lurch, as it were, uh, Leorian, Romnet, you've been outside waiting for Lissa to return with her drink. And after a moment, it becomes clear that this isn't going to be a simple she walks in, she walks out kind of thing. How are you occupying yourselves? I think the first thing I do is look at a handful of dirt with the sight. To see if it is solid through dirt. That yeah, is, is some dirt. Um, seeing it with the sight, actually, though, uh, you can perceive the tutelary spirits uh, of the earth here, the gnomes. These ones are uh, small, but very solid, very powerful. This is old, rich earth. Share this information with Lissa when she comes back. Thank you. <laughs> but of course, <laughs> this is probably my first experience with tutelary spirits. So it I, is. I, I jump up and say, there's something divine or supernatural happening here. I say this very excitedly to Romnet. Is, is it normal for there to be, uh, I mean, I know there's life in dirt, but I mean like life, like, like us, but very small. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to decide that I know that he's talking about tutelary spirits. And uh, we could say it takes two or three go rounds because we have. <laughs> I mean, by us, do you mean like humans or like. This is the time of night where you ask the deep questions. I mean, like, like it's like, I guess 730 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> He gets an early start. That's how prophets do it. No, I mean beyond that. I mean, I mean, no offense, but like, but like, no, more like, like, like me than like you. Like, 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 power. I mean, if memory serves, Lissa has had charmed the tutelary spirits at the gates, so these could be spirits of the dirt. Uh, but I'm obviously not seeing what you are seeing, so I can't really comment. Of course, of course. 
uh, I ask the spirits of the dirt how they're doing. I'm making everything so needlessly difficult. It's kind of fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That so, you are. Uh, and I probably ask out loud because I don't know yeah. any other way to do it. I, I stare at them with the sight very intensely and I ask, are you doing okay? <laughs> I'm in a rule, partially because of perfect timing on Lorian's part, that this is the moment that Lissa emerges with her drink. With uh, three drinks. With three drinks. Actually, because uh, I, I picked one up for Leorian upon request, but I also mm-hmm. can... Whatever I was vaguely picking up from Romnut, but not fully understanding due to poor <laughs> sense, um, figure he could use a drink, and I pass it off to them. I pass it off to Romnut first and kind of give him an awkward one-armed hug. <laughs> so yeah, as you exit the, the common room, uh, you hear Leorian asking the dirt if it's okay. Um <laughs> And uh, Leorian, for your part, you are surprised that uh, these spirits sort of turn to regard you, and one of them sort of just goes, mm, and just gives you like a little nod, uh, seeming a little scared and a little confused. They're they're like puff. They're wary, but they're friendly. <laughs> Upon hearing this, I also look at the dirt with the sight. You probably see. Yeah, see much the same thing. Uh, um, I'm going to do uh, once I impart the drink to mm-hmm. Leorian and be like, uh, I need to. I met our, I met your friend Feywa, and she gave me, and I showed the bloodstone, and then like that's a conversation for another time. Excuse me for a moment. I'm going to do a lesser creation of fury, um, and try to make these gnomes joyous and a little less wary, and perhaps more willing to converse with us. Uh, it seems to work. Uh, they certainly seem a little more energetic, um, though they still have a lingering air of confusion to them. During the day, we see desert, and that is why um, we have your the fields have not been plowed, and your incredibly rich soil has not been given crops to nurture. The Gnome spirits all sort of look at each other, you know, in sort of like a rippling wave (laughs) across the ground. And then one of them sort of looks up at you and gives you like kind of a questioning look and gesture. We want to make sure that you're still here during the day. Perhaps we just can't see you. There's a beat where they just kind of look a little bit nonplussed and then a sort of wave of what appears to be panic passes through them. It's relatively easy to parse with the sight. They're realizing how long it's been since they've seen the sun. Where do you go when the moon sets it takes another moment or two of watching their reactions and their gesticulations the answer appears to be nowhere they just aren't when the sun is around they've only experienced sunset to sunrise while the sun's rays aren't in the skies their concept of time is a little fuzzy but it's been a minute 
I crouch down instinctively and kind of extend my hand as a, a gesture of goodwill and say, We want to help you. We want you here under the sunlight because I work the fields here for some time. I, you might know me even if I didn't have the sight to see you back then. Is there any information you can give us as to how? And if not, are you okay if I, uh, make you rage against the coming of the day? Pretty complicated set of ideas for them to try and absorb, but you get the overwhelming sense that they would like nothing more than to be sown with some kind of crop. Their overarching goal seems to be to be nourishing something. The concern over the sun seems to be secondary to that. Uh, that they wish to see the sun because it lets them nourish the crops. Can one of you um, come with us? They don't seem to understand the question. If I pick up dirt, will one mm -hmm. of them come with me? <laughs> you pick up enough dirt. You can detach one. May I take one of you with me by digging up some of the dirt? I need, I need the person who is responsible for overseeing the sowing of the crops to see you, if that makes sense. Uh, they seem to confer for a moment, and it's clear they don't really understand, but they agree to whatever it is that you wish to do. Okay. I'm just gonna have pouches. I'll probably shuffle things around and mm -hmm. try to scoop up enough dirt to carry one of them with me. <laughs> yeah, in short order, you have a gnome slumbering in your pouch, uh, which to the naked eye looks like about a fist and a half size clump of dirt. Uh, to Rowena's, then, my friends. Let's. I, I lean all the way down to the ground, and I say, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you get Ed, the dirt version of, like, yeah, sure, whatever we can do, man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> real, real chill dudes in this dirt. Very easily confused. Sure. Okay, so I guess we, we make our way. Yeah, uh, you head over to the Sinclair townhome. You can see lights on. It's not that late. Would I know where Rowena hides her keys? Is it, like, is it customary to hide a key outside of the house? Whether it's customary or not, you would know that she doesn't. Okay, I'm just going to go and knock with authority on the door. Almost instantly the door opens and there is a young servant, uh, young enough that you don't know them, uh, standing there. He's a spindly lad of maybe 20 uh, with sort of a straw-colored and haystack-shaped head of hair. Um, seems a little sweaty. Uh, dressed very finely, though, and he gives you an extremely formal bow and says, May I ask who is Carl 
<clears throat> calling on the Sinclair Sinclair home. Hi, uh, Alyssa Crate. I'm sure my reputation precedes me, but know that I'm actually the good sister. Could you bring me Rowena? He blinks twice very slowly and then goes, um, wait right here, uh, <laughs> and turns on his heel uh, and almost forgets to close the door uh, and then goes to close it and realizes it's about to slam and catches it and eases it closed. Uh, and then you hear his footsteps uh, retreating. A moment or two later, you hear much more composed footsteps approaching and Rowena in what appears to be what she uses for a dressing gown now, uh, which is to say a sort of long flowing robe of at least partially silk, uh, you know, sort of uh, slippers. And um, her hair is immaculately quaffed into kind of like a rolled bun. Uh, and she says... Well, I didn't expect to see you until tomorrow, sister, but I assume it is urgent. Yeah, I uh, urgently needed to borrow your eyes. And I'm going to pull out the dirt and then zoop into her head <laughs> and theoretically use the sight to look at the gnome that's in my hand. There, might, I don't know if there's going to be a dizzying feedback loop, but we'll, we'll figure it out. It is definitely an interesting experience. You leave the intention to keep your hand outstretched in your body, but you don't really have control over it. It It's a little like uh, the way you control like the crane on one of those crane games. <laughs> uh, you still have like an awareness of your body when you can perceive it this way, but you can't do much to it. You just have like a little link of will. And uh, Rowena is in the middle of trying to say something when you and she kind of stop stops mid word, and then you pull up the sight, and her eyes try to roll up into her head because she's very overwhelmed right now. But you are like, nope, I'm you know I'm here, and so you look at it, and you can see there is one of the gnome spirits just kind of curled up in your hand, sleeping. That's so cute. Um, That's amazing. I probably say that. Out yeah. loud. <laughs> uh, Liss's intonations in Rowena's voice is uh, something that probably everybody is a little bit startled to hear. Rowena, most of all. These are the tutelary spirits of the soil. They appear at night. Have you noticed that the dirt and the fields look normal once the sun sets? Once I you finish bow. that, she takes. <clears throat> Sister, I alluded to this fact before you left. Yes, we have noticed that everything returns to normal once the sun sets. The tutelary spirits have communicated with you? She seems very uncertain of everything that just happened. Uh, demigod things, yes. I give a gesture of uh, yada yada yada, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> Do they then know what needs to be done, or have you simply found a new pet? I think if we plant by night, and then use a bit of the miraculous means, they may be able to nurture some crops yet, and at least put a band-aid on this picture, or the situation, until the professionals can see to it fully. 
Yes, yes, the professionals. Well, you may be aware of this, Lissa, Eth, as much time as you spent in the fields growing up. Crops don't grow without the sun. If the fields disappear during the day, nothing will germinate. There will be no nourishing. The seeds will rot in the soil. And you forget that you are in the presence of the demigods of Tempo and Fury, which I think between the two of us, and I smile at Leorian, we can speed things up a bit, maybe give these uh, wonderful two layer spirits what they desire, even more so than the sun. I am. I smile back at Lissa in a conspiratorial way, (laughs) uh, as though there is an inside joke that Rowena is definitively on the outside of. She looks irked by this, but she says, that's all well and good for these spirits, but I assume you don't plan to stay in Lorenton indefinitely, nor do... <laughs> she says, with fierce sound, hope. Nor does it sound as though you intend to affect anything outside of our immediate environs. In case it was unclear, this problem extends all the way from here back to the wastes. Almost the entire veils have been consumed by dunes. This does not sound like a permanent solution. No, no, that's why I refer to it as a band-aid. You know, a temporary bandage. I know that your servants tend to take care of those things for you, so you may not have tracked what that meant. But it'll at least stabilize Lurenton until uh, my fellow demigods and myself and Prophet can contact Ventes. This is sort of a principle for demigods, if I may. Uh, if it works locally, it'll work on a larger scale with more power. Very well. Um, I suggest then that you get started post-haste and refrain from rousing me for unclear reasons from my home. You know the laborers, don't, do you not? You can rally them, get some help out with us in the fields. She sighs and she says, I will see what I can do. Uh, you, I suppose, have indeed come to the right place. And then she calls over uh, her shoulder, uh, Urian, Urian, um, get ready to send some messengers. And you hear from a couple rooms over his saying, uh, of course, darling. I'll get right on it. Uh, and some rustling about from what you assume is some sort of study or a writing room. She turns back to the three of you and says, Now, is that quite all? If you need to fill me in on something else or give me further marching orders, she loads that with as much scorn as she can. Presumably you know how to send a messenger. If we have further marching orders, I think we will be able to convey them as necessary. And I know how much your beauty sleep is important to you, lest you waste away. Uh, So, yeah, if you could get back to ensuring that you acquire no further wrinkles than the ones you've gotten since I've seen you last, and I squint at her forehead. She gives you a very insincere smile and flutters her eyelashes at you and says, I do so appreciate your visits. It's wonderful to see what forge life can do to a body. And then she inclines her head and says, Good night. And 
turns. I perform around. the inverse of the ghost miracle I offered to Lissa earlier. It will take Rowena just a little longer than she wants to get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I like that most of your miracles have been explicitly petty so far. <laughs> we we kept the domain low. Hey, this is what I got. <laughs> so uh Rowena departs and Yurian begins to send out uh pages and messengers to to gather people and a bunch of mm, at least tipsy in some cases kind of sleepy uh most people having not exactly gone to bed yet but certainly you know after a day uh being a little tired sort of assemble uh towards the middle of town and look at each other basically in the sense of you know what we're doing the whole process takes maybe half an hour if there's anything specific anybody wants to accomplish. I probably return the gnome to where I dug him up. Okay. Like the exact location. Yeah. I'm very careful with him. Yeah. The work of ten minutes or so. Uh and I probably coordinate um with Leorian in terms of like you know, it's going to need more than just miracles on the field itself. Uh, we're also likely going to have to perform miracles or some sort of miraculous boost on the workers to get their morale time. Show them we're not just another uh, hoity-toity princess throwing about orders. Couldn't agree more. Um, let's see. I... I could make them work faster. What would that cost me? I am I am squinting at the rules real quick. Would that be a lesser creation of tempo? Um, let's see. And not specifically make them work faster, like a taskmaster, but like make their effort pay greater dividends. Like. Sure. Um. Yeah, I feel like that would fall under lesser creation of tempo. Yeah. So that's level four. Mm-hmm. So that leaves me with not that much left for whatever is next, unless I'm going full right of the last Trump pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But I think it's worth doing because um, I think the raging at the coming of the day is the remaining really key part of the plan. So I think I spend the three domain miracle points mm -hmm. and these workers who have been brought out half drunk all the way drunk find that even so the work goes quickly and pleasantly. Mm -hmm. I do a creation of furious joy to accompany that. Mm -hmm. uh, so as the work goes quickly, they are also overcome by joy and happy feelings. And you better believe that I'm out there working with them. Certainly. Uh, Romnet, are you doing anything in particular during this time? I don't know that either my physical skill set, we as discussed with how I am ornamentally pretty and not a body suited for work, uh, mm -hmm. or my miraculous skill set really fit in terms of uh, applicability here. Uh, you're in the, you're in the quandary of all video game protagonists when there's no one to murder, which is super <laughs> super weird because usually I create like weird face characters. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything in particular you want to get up to during the next several hours of work... Uh, Honestly, Robnet may just go to bed. Yeah, that's fine. Someone has to investigate to daylight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, 
this may be a silly question, but what and how much are you having these workers plant and where? Probably a single field or mm-hmm. half crop. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far removed from the two layer spirits that we initially conversed with. Okay. Now, usually the primary produce of the Vales is wheat. They do other grasses, grains, some leafy and root vegetables as well. It's a very mixed kind of thing, but probably a plurality at least is grain, uh, wheat specifically. What are you having these workers plant? Probably wheat. If our goal is to stabilize and at least test this band-aid until mm-hmm. we can come up with a more permanent solution, then it makes the most sense to go with the staple crop. And I would converse with whoever seems knowledgeable about the stores in terms of seeds to make sure that this is not going to be taking too much of a toll on what's stored up for when the soil becomes tenable again. And I stress yeah. when, not if. You arrive at a, a good sort of like for an experiment, here's what we can spare kind of thing, although it is clear that they don't really understand what the like hope for outcome here is other than that maybe these crops will grow as though they are present during the day and you know if the worst thing they have to do is harvest at night that's still a damn sight better than the way they were before so work continues apace eh, a few hours into the night but thanks to Leorian's efforts, it goes fairly quickly, and everybody downs tools after about, you know, half of this near field is done. Uh, and, you know, kind of clap each other on the back and then sort of look questioningly at uh, Lissa and Leorian as, like, are we good to get back to drinking, or... Do I have the funds to buy them all around? Hmm... Yeah. I will do that with a, a warm smile and tell them to enjoy the, the rest of their night and thank them heartily for their help. All right. Yeah, they, you know, uh, give sort of a, a modest cheer and then uh, head inside uh, for a round and then to go to bed. Um, What are the two of you getting up to? going to do a lesser creation of uh, rage. Once again, co- trying my best to convey what I'm going to do to to the two Larry spirits. Mm-hmm. That their most desired duty to nurture these crops has been robbed from them by divine means. And they need to rage, rage against the coming of the light. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, this, this takes, and you, you see where they were sort of, um, previously you might feel comfortable calling them, like, snuggled up to the seeds that had been planted. They are now sort of, like, warily crouched, like, guarding them, you know, uh, around the seeds that you have planted. How can I help? If they can rage at the coming of the day... You think they can push through? The day will still come. 
It's it's worth a try. I don't. You have a clearly a good sense of what tempo can accomplish, particularly good tempo. I trust your judgment on this one, Leorian. Tosca chose you for a reason. I am visibly flattered by that. Um, and then math appears before my face once again, <laughs> as I say. I'm I'm confident that with enough effort, I could stop the very the very moon from setting, the very stars from moving. But we need the sun to appear. So if the sun is connected to the dunes and the dunes are connected to the sun, then and what I do is I perform a lesser preservation of tempo. So this pace that they've taken as they've become furious in their purpose will outpace things trying to stop them if that can be can be done they will keep the tempo even against resistance yeah yeah no you can you can uh enshrine that intention in a miracle and and impart it to these uh gnome spirits and uh that will require two points via right at the last trump i will take them from realm okay sounds good no so Having done all of this, is there anything that remains for Lissa and Leoria in the evening? Probably offer Leorian a nightcap, and if he, after that, probably go to bed. Mm-hmm. I accept gladly, and uh, yeah, then I, I think uh, I think we probably yeah. You find yourself find yourselves heading to bed approximately the same time as the workers are finishing their drink. Everybody has a kind word for Lissa as everybody sort of files off. Uh, to rest. Um, let's see. Ramna, you were the first yes. to go to sleep. And you don't have exclusively vivid and prophetic dreams, but some of your dreams do turn out to be relatively vivid and have the feeling of, if not prediction, then of connection to Mott. And specifically, uh, they are of Selthan that was, but inside a dome of very thick branches and tree growth and moss and vines, and seemingly becoming fully enclosed. Hmm. Lissa, you go back to bed, you fall right asleep um, and you dream of Apatia. Now you are unused to having prophetic dreams so you would not recognize whether this was what it was. You are not mistaking it once you awake for reality but you do remember it. So you know it's kind of up to, to your judgment how Lissa would take it, but you dream of Apatia gliding through an endless night sky, partially camouflaged by the stars sewn into her midnight blue habit. You think, maybe, but you can barely hear it, that she's crying. I would probably try to call out to her. That'll be about when you wake up in the morning, is when you try to call out. Leorian. 
you have an upsetting dream. In this dream, it is a collage of images, uh, seemingly of land and towns around the sort of bay on which Tiva and Nema are situated. Nothing in the cities themselves. But you are looking at brief scenes of people living their lives. Mostly older men and women doing things that are quiet and every day. But in the middle of whatever they're doing, after just long enough for you to have established the scene, they vanish. A woman sweeping her front steps vanishes and the broom clatters to the street. A man just finishing putting away his nets after an early morning fishing expedition disappears. The net falls to the dock. Over and over you see scenes like this until finally you awake gasping and looking out of the window in the room in the Honeydew Inn you can see that you've awakened about halfway through sunrise and at least from this vantage point all you can see are sandy dunes wind wisping across them but you think for a moment in the distance you see a figure crest one of the dunes and then it disappears from your sight And I think that's where we'll end our session, given the time. Everyone can receive one mortal experience point. And my sincere thanks for some good character work, keeping what might otherwise have been a uh, quite low on incident session interesting to play and hopefully interesting to hear. Uh, I certainly uh, enjoyed establishing this uh, setting and scene and getting a start on trying to to fix the desert problems here in the meantime we'll wrap up this session of dice punks so thank you for joining us i hope our players and listeners enjoyed it as much as i did and that you'll join us again next time if you're hearing us now then you probably know where to listen to this but we can be found almost any place one can listen to podcasts as well as on the wider web at dicepunks.com and on twitter as at dicepunks with that, I think we're ready to say farewell, so say goodbye to the kind folks at home, players. Thanks for listening, and, you know, boop any willing noses, look for new friends even in the dirt. Just get out there. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay tuned to see who gets their just desserts. Thanks for listening, folks, and uh, do keep in mind what it is and is not helpful to murder. <laughs> excellent and as the poet once said rivers of gold and scented lakes beyond the desert dunes eye of the sun is hot and carving have we been led astray yes Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in and stick around through the admin stuff for Leorian trying out giving his take on Alyssa's line. 
The songs in this episode, Theme of the Dice Punks and its acoustic version, were written and recorded by the Baron of Tempo in his element, Drew. Cover art is by Joanne, who's appeared on the podcast now and again. Check out her work around the internet where she goes by anything so's embroidery. Site design and graphics for DicePunks.com are by Robin. They're behind Lissa this time, uh, the Furious Queen. Rain and the One Roll Engine it runs on were created by Greg Stolte, and you can find him at gregstolte.com. Nobilis was created by Jenna Catterin Moran, and you can find uh, her work at afarandsunlessland.wordpress.com. Links to both systems and authors can be found on the Punk Grimoire section of our website, dicepunks.com. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, well, that's reward enough on its own, really. But if you're so inclined, you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to us, telling your friends who you think would like us to give us a listen, and even by heading over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dicepunks. We have fun rewards available to backers, including a patron-only Discord and access to the Dice Peaks after show for episodes one and following. Regardless, we hope you'll tune in again. And until then, remember, subtlety is for cowards. Listener, you look good. That's bad. Hold on. Let me me start again. Uh, Listener, you sound good. No, sorry. Still wrong. Uh, Listener, you are a great listener. I feel like I could tell you anything. And I'm realizing I I don't have anything specific to tell you right now, but I know that if I did, I could. And that's amazing. Anytime you want to lend me your ear... I will lend you a cup of sugar in exchange. That sounded better in my head. I'll I'll go. Uh thank you for listening and not just like in a sexy way like every way. Thanks.